morning, everyone. Hope uh, this presentation could be helpful for you guys. But before we go into what I want to share with you, uh, let me tell you a little bit about my story. And then we will go into the presentation. I'm originally from Colombia, South America. I grew up uh, in Chile. My dad and mom, they were missionaries down there. And then we moved to Argentina. And then I had the blessings to, to meet an American girl that became my wife. So we have been married for about uh, 12 years. We are blessed to have three kids. But uh, I had a baggage coming from my dad. He's a pastor. He's a doctor, a physician. And he was a workaholic. He used to work most of his time. So I didn't have the blessing, the opportunity to spend quality time with him. And when I, I got married with my wife, I had in my mind that ministry is connected to hard work. And that's true. And it is okay. But I thought that I needed to, I needed to go all over. And that is not helping. That wasn't helping. So I came to the point when my first kid, Nathan, uh, he was about to, to come to this world. My wife was in labor. It was a Wednesday. And I told my wife, you know what? It's Wednesday. Prayer service. So I'm going to take you to the hospital. And I'm... <laughs> You just wait a second. I'm going to preach, and then I will come back to the hospital. She remembers that time until now. And if something, you know, I have, do you remember that time, you know, Wednesday? Uh, but that, you know, each one of us uh, comes with a different idea about ministry. And I, that was my idea. And I was trying to do the best I could with the knowledge I had, with the bag, baggage I had. And... Uh, uh, it took me a while to learn that having a, a balanced life in ministry is extremely important. Uh, I started ministry in the Northwest, then I came to South Carolina, and I had the blessings to pastor a huge district. I had eight churches, and God blessed us in an amazing way, but we... We planted two more churches. I ended up having 10 churches. Can you imagine? So once regular Sabbath, it was going from where I was living to four hours ahead, preaching, baptizing, visiting, board meetings, and all that stuff, and coming back home around 5 to 6 a.m. the next day, Sunday. So... And the next day, I was knocked out. But I had to spend time with my kids and with my wife and all that stuff. And then we moved to Florida. In Florida, uh, I, I am blessed to pastor three congregations. 
but I came in the middle of COVID, of the pandemia. And then I didn't know anybody from the church. We were trying to realize what to do in, in the context where we were. And it was crazy. It was crazy. So this is my story. This is my song, as the hymn says. And I know probably each one of you guys have a special story in regards of living a balanced life. So I would like to share a little bit of the statistics, what uh, you know, people say about living a balanced life and about the state of pastors. But first of all, I would like to share with you the objectives of this presentation. First, I would like to identify the primary factors that negatively impact the balance between personal life and work life as a pastor. And second, explored alternatives to prevention and intervention to this issue. I don't know if you are familiar with Barna. They have been working in, you know, looking for uh, state of pastors, a research. So in this presentation, uh, I will present important statistics found in recent research studies conducted in relation to this topic. And at the end, we would like to, I would like to divide in groups, and then we're going to have a little case study, and then each one of us, we're going to try to uh, brainstorm about this important topic. So, information. George Barna Group focused on the family and Fuller Seminary. They found the following studies, the following discoveries. 1,500 pastors leave ministry every month. That's crazy. 1,500 pastors due to moral fault, spiritual burned out, or issues within their churches. 50% of pastors' marriages end in divorce. 80% of pastors feel inadequate and dis discouraged in their pastoral role. 50% of pastors are discouraged. And that will leave ministry, and they will leave ministry if they could, but they have no other way to make it a living, to make a living. 80% of colleges, universities, and Bible institutes and seminaries graduates that enter in ministry will leave ministry within the first five years. 70% of pastors are constantly battling depression. So this is the reality of our life, of our ministry. Almost 40% of the surveyed pastors state they had participated in extramarital affairs. 70% stated that the only time they study the Word of God is when they are preparing their sermons. So this is crazy. So that was data from a research study in 2015. But in January, January 2021, Barnett made another research. Uh, it was a survey online of 413 pastors 
from primarily Protestant churches between the dates of the 22nd to the 27th of January 2021. The participants of the survey are members of the church panel for the Varna groups, and measures were taken to ensure the samples was representative according to denomination, region, and church size. Uh, in October, that was in January. In October 2021, data from surveys given to pastor Varna groups took another survey with 507 pastors, primarily Protestant, between the dates of 12 to the 28th. And this, I'm going to talk about the, the research, what, what they found. Their results indicate that pastors in the United States of America are currently in crisis and are at risk of burnout. In particular, only in 2021, there was a dramatic increase in the amount of pastors that are thinking of leaving ministry altogether. Another finding, almost two of every five pastors is considering leaving full-time ministry. With the well-being of pastors on the line and many on the brink of burnout, 38% states that they have considered leaving full-time ministry within the last one year alone. This percentage has increased by nine points, points from 29% since the last time Barna concluded this survey back at the beginning of 2029. Uh, a further look into this data shows that some groups are faring worse than others. One of the most alarming findings that was that 46% of pastors under the age of 45 states that they are consideringly leaving ministry compared to 34 of pastors age, 45 and under. Maintaining youth leaders encouraged and in their roles in ministry will be crucial in the next decade for the vitality of congregations between the United States of America. Another noticeable surge has also taken place among primary denominational pastors who are such who are much more prone to consider quitting versus pastor pastors who are not part of these denominations 51% versus 34% approximately one third of pastors then they are considering quitting ministry after serving for 20 years, but having been in their current church for seven years. This is their reality. Uh, this is what Barna talks about. Uh, in regards of uh, living a healthy life, one, only one in three pastors is considered healthy in terms of well-being. And Barna has been verifying the well-being of pastors over time, including evaluating the risk of burned out. More recently, the days of October 2021 show that for many pastors, things are not going well within several categories, which includes well-being, spiritual, physical, emotional, vocational, and financial areas. So Barna 
define a healthy pastor as someone who describes themselves as doing excellent or good within the last six months. Currently, only 35%, 35% of pastors within the United States fall into this category of health. So this is the reality. This is where we are. Now, I was uh, trying to get a feedback from some of our Adenis leaders, and this is a reality. This is the, the reality for, in general, Protestant churches, but I do believe Seventh-day Adventist churches and pastors are a little better in comparison to the rest. Amen? <laughs> so we are not that bad. But in general, I do believe that there's a challenge we need to face, and there is something we need to do, and probably we haven't done it before. And the reality is that pastors are human beings as any other with their own situations, problems, you know, baggage, all those things. And we need Jesus, and we need to be good in order to lead in a healthy and better way to our churches. Amen? So right now, I would like to, in the next uh, period of time, we're going to do a case study. Uh, based on the information we got from Barna and actually talking to other friends, uh, we have friend pastors who are struggling for, with depression and, you know, really hard situations. I made a case study. This is a story of a pastor and we're going to divide in, let's, let's see, uh, four groups. And then uh, every group will have this paper with the story. And each group must choose a leader and a presenter. And the idea is that the leader can guide the group discussion and analysis of the case. Then the presenter will write, I have pens here, and then at the end of the, of, you know, the brainstorm, we are going to try to, all together, we can try to figure it out about this situation. What do you guys think? I do believe in the power of togetherness. We, we, we don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Probably neither you. But if we together try to figure it out and we spend time trying to, you know, learn from each other's experiences, there is power in that, right? So let's divide, let's see. What if we say we divide one group here in the front from you to the front, that line from the front, one group in the back, uh, and then another group from, let's see, the red t-shirt guy, you, yeah, <laughs> to the back, that line to the back, and then uh, from Pastor Melendez to the front, that line to the front. Is that okay? So we have enough time. Uh, just let me know when you guys are, we, when we all are ready to end this part. All right. The time is passing really fast. We should be done at 
11.15, and we would like to finish this presentation with some conclusions. So I would like to invite every leader of every group to come here to the stage. And let's see what are the findings of each one of the groups that are here. By the way, I, I believe this is a conversation that needs to be going on. And I highly encourage you guys to get together. I don't know, today's world technology, we have WhatsApp, we have groups on Facebook. You guys can get together and support each other. Uh, you guys can keep the conversation going, going on. All right, so we have one leader. We need three more. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> That's good. There's one more missing. I think from that group. All right. So I will give you the mic. The time is yours, guys. So let's start with, let's see, group number one. So is that because I came up here late that I have to present first? Is that it? <laughs> oh, my. Okay. So, you know, as we pastors like to do, we got very analytical first about the scenario. So if you'll entertain me just for a moment, I'll share our analysis here. Um, so possibly the pastor is suffering from some insecurities. Um, let's see. Um, oh, yeah, his inner, his inner world. Well, if I don't do this when I'm expected to, then I'm less than. Um, it's possible that this pastor doesn't understand their own identity. They're searching for it in what they do. Um, there is an unhealthy imbalance uh, in time management. Um, let's see. Doesn't re he, he doesn't remember that he is only one of many ministers in his own congregation. Uh, most importantly, Jesus is the true shepherd. We're just under shepherds. Uh, ministry, he needs to remember that ministry is a call, but it's not a command. And then here's some tips. Uh, keep priorities straight. Your own spiritual life, then your family, then your ministry. Um, divide your day into thirds. And that if a third uh, gets interrupted with work, then you should take another third of the day for your family. Um, he needs a mentor, needs to learn to delegate, um, let's see, divide time ahead of time, plan ahead, in other words. Uh, find, be a person of, of serious prayer about priorities. Find where God is working and join him where he is moving to establish priorities. Teach your leaders how to thrive. Disciple your leaders, and then uh, use e-Adventist. There's a free text 
uh, mass text app in there, you can accomplish a lot of communication with this texting app. So. That's right. Thank you so much. Okay, group number two. So um, I'm trying to read his handwriting. Sorry. Um, one thing, uh, you know, just what are what are the real expectations? You know, are, are they our expectations? Are they Congress expectations? Are they conference expectations? The family expectations? What are those? And and working more to those because sometimes we put more more into it than what people are really expecting from us. Um, we need boundaries, have to set strong boundaries, you know, uh, defining what's an emergency, you know, for, so that because the constant interruption 24 seven, um, you know, and training your elders or leaders to step up and share in the responsibility. You don't try to do everything. Um, you know, that's a big key. Um, again, we, we, we probably wrote boundaries in here lots of times. Um, <laughs> Um, no boundaries and, and delegation, learning to delegate, and uh, um, and so and and creating a team atmosphere, especially where we're talking about you know church plants and stuff. You know you can't do that on your own. Again, set priorities, and and giving authority back to the members. You know uh, many have lost that. Uh, what are there, there, what what are the insecurities here? You know. What, are, what, is, what is driving some of what you're doing? Um, accountability, needing accountability, um, you know, with the church members, with, um, with the conference, and, uh, um, oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, don't, quit comparing yourself to the other pastor, you know. You're who you are, you know, and, uh, and God placed you there for that time. Uh, learning to say no. I had a church member one time. He said, "John, you need to learn to say no." He actually came up and got a he got a three by five postcard and got a black marker and wrote "no" in big letters and put it in my pocket. And he said, "Now you don't you don't even need to say it. Just pull out the card." You know. So anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. <laughs> Establishing boundaries again. Uh, team asking for help. You know. Um, you got to learn to be able to ask for help, whether that's other pastors, friends, conference, ministry care line. Um, you know, one of the things that our conference and many conferences are doing now are having cluster meetings. They, they might call it a different thing where the pastors come together once a month or once every other month. You know, go to them. So many pastors, oh, I'm too busy to go. Go. Stop what you're doing and go. I mean, it, it takes most of my day to go to that, but it's a blessing every time I go. And, and sometimes maybe I'm not the blessing, but I got to bless somebody else there that day, and I had some wisdom they could use. And so go. Um, family ministry is, your family is a part of your ministry. It's an important part of your ministry. And so take the time to set time for them. And that appointment is just as important as any other appointment. And they don't need to know why you can't come to that meeting. You've got an appointment. You know, put your family as a priority. Um, you don't want to reach the whole world and lose your family. Um, again, expectations, you know, from the conference, your church, your family, your own. Again, take time off or you're going to burn out. Um, education of what your calling is, you know. Sometimes we get there, but we don't, we don't know. We're still learning. We think, 
you think the seminary is going to prepare you for everything. There's a lot of stuff that they don't tell you that's what you're doing every day. And so, so, so ask for that help. And uh, anyway, I think that's about it. Thank you so much. Okay, group number three. Isn't it interesting? We came here for a class, and then it turns out we know all the solutions. You know, we, just, we just had to talk about it. Um, so this is going to repeat some of the things that were already said. One of them is empower local leaders. One thing our group got, really got into is you have to be okay with your local leaders failing because that's how they're going to learn. So let them fail. Don't jump in because otherwise you go right back into solving everything yourself. So accountability. Find someone either in ministry or a church member, someone that will hold you accountable. Are you spending time with your family? Are you taking your time off? Are you working 40 hours or how many hours a week are you working? Just keeping track of that. One that was also mentioned is have a calendar. If you don't schedule time with your family, it's not going to happen. And if somebody asks, I already have something that time. You know, it's, it's scheduled. So have a fixed calendar. And then get your self-worth from another source, from Jesus, from something, but not from what you're doing. Uh, you're worth more than what you do. And that's just a summary of what we discussed with our group. It's really hard being the last person because everyone's already said essentially what, you, what you're going to say. So say it again. I'm not one to, to go, over, go over things that have already been said necessarily. Um, hmm. What was I going to say? I'm young, by the way. Um, so basically, when I look at the early church and Holy Spirit take over, when I look at the early church, I don't see an organization. I see an organism. I don't see an organization. I see an organism. I see people uh, in very real ways loving each other, not just getting together in church, in church settings or in church buildings, but literally getting together every day. And, and growing each other, the relationship with each other. And then as they go out, they realize that it's not the pastor's or elder's uh, responsibility to make disciples. It's everyone's responsibility to make disciples. And the priority in that is not saying, I've got to get this many baptisms. I've got to adopt this many members, try and search out as many people as I can find. No, the priority is trusting in Jesus and loving people like Jesus has loved you. And I find that I do, I, I reach more people actually outside of the walls of the church than I do inside, living my daily life like Jesus than I do doing these programs and everything that is described in this man's life. In saying that, there's a time when these things uh, personally have gotten too much for me and I've had to already kind of put boundaries in place and say, you know, I've got to take care of my family. I believe that they're my first ministry. And I want to take care of my family even more than I want to do these sometimes seemingly meaningless things. And so I set that boundary. And at the same time, I love these people and I empower them and praise the Lord that I'm now in a district that's very, very hands-on. They, they had to do it alone for a while. And I, I find when that happens and I trust in God to fill those gaps through the power of the Holy Spirit that it, it happens. Um, because, again, I think the core of this is not our responsibility to change people, it's not our responsibility um, to win souls, it's God's responsibility to do that. And he's going to show us, if we trust in him, where those souls are at, we're going to be able to work alongside him. He's going to show us uh, when it's too much and we have to take a break, and he's going to help us take that break. He's going to renew our peace and our joy. And so all in all, 
what we wrote down is, is, yeah, change that mindset. It's not about the numbers. It's about people and, and specifically first about your family because that's going to be the greatest example to others of the love that the Godhead has for each other, the love that God has for human beings. And then take breaks, essentially, is another thing we put. Take breaks. Don't care what other people think. If it falls by the wayside, it falls by the wayside. That is a boundary that's going to teach people that, hey, pastor can't do everything, nor should they do everything. It's, it's a total member involvement, and, uh, and that's the gist. So, yeah, trust in the Lord. Let Him lead and uh, prioritize those who have been put under your care. Thank you so much. Well, I would like to conclude telling you a story. Uh, you know, and I'm not trying to answer the question on how can we have a balanced life, but at least I would like to share with you a little glimpse on God's side. So I am blessed to have two sisters. Uh, they are missionaries. One of them lives in South uh, Sudan, South Sudan, and the other one lives in Morocco. This is heavy duty. Those countries, there's not too many Christians. Not even, I mean, I'm not talking about SDAs, about Christians in general. And the other day I was asking one of my sisters, my little sister, Anna, how can you have a balanced life? How can you do God's work in the environment, in the place where you are serving? And she told me something that changed my perception about everything. She said to me, you know what? I used to have my to-do list every week. But now I pray to God. And I pray this prayer. God, lead me wherever you are already working. And then she told me this story. One day, one of her friends came to her and said, she's, she's not Christian, she's Muslim, came to her and said, you know, I'm struggling with my job, having a really hard situation with my boss, and I don't know what to do. And my sister told her, you know, have you prayed to God? Yes, we do our prayers every day, in the morning, at noon, the evening. No, no, but have you prayed to God in the name of Jesus? No, haven't done that. I'll do that. I'll do it. So the time passed. After a week, she came back to my sister, and she said to her, you know what happened? Something amazing happened. I prayed in the name of Jesus, and I had kind of an epiphany of Jesus. I saw Jesus. And Jesus told me not to worry. And I asked him, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus. And then she says, I asked Jesus, how can I know more about you? And Jesus said to her, go to Anna. So, you know, the moral of the story. This is, what we do is, is 100% spiritual, but most of all, if we have God ahead of us, and if we have open minds and open hearts 
to go and see wherever he's already doing something. Things may come easily in our ministry. So this is my conclusion, and I would like you guys to, with God's power, with the Holy Spirit, to have a successful ministry. God is doing something amazing in this country. This is the mission field. We don't need to go far away to find people in need of Jesus. And God wants to use you and me for his glory. So let's stand up, and I would like to invite one of our president conference, Pastor Demorais. I don't know if you would like to finish with a prayer. Thank you. After the prayer, I would like to take a picture of all of us so we can have it as a memory. Thank you. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Father God, we're grateful for this time here together where we're able to gather some new tools and new information, resources that we can apply in ministry. Father God, we pray that uh, we can just rest in your presence, that we can learn from you, that we can give ourselves permission to create boundaries, to develop structures and place date nights on schedule, that we can have meals with our families, that we can just have a day off, a day with you. Father, when we do that, we can minister out of strength, that we can do greater things for you. So to that extent, Father, help us to adapt, help us to change, help us, Father, to leave this place with a renewed desire to create boundaries so we can better minister to your people, but most of all, better minister to our families. Thank you, Father, for listening to us. Bless your servants, your people that are here today. Help us, Father, as we leave this place, but help us to never leave your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.